Welcome, Pathfinders, to the Find the Path podcast actual play of the Mummy's Mask Adventure Path, episode 102. The one with the Rude. Nobody got that reference? Nope, no, I didn't. Uh, so there's a song called Sandstorm. It's that. I mean, I know the song Sandstorm. Yeah, so that's Sandstorm by like, an artist called Derude. So oh. just made a really obscure reference, apparently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How old are you? <laughs> anyway. Uh, <laughs> he says to the youngest man at the table. I know. Yeah. That's the best part. So, yeah, when last we left our heroes. Our intrepid doorkeeper, still traveling with Falto's caravan, had left the uh, the Bakken who had made their way north and east towards the Merchant's Oasis. You uh, you made your way off into the open desert, I believe following a, uh, a vision Sudi had received from the mask. Yes. You had decided to bring Masika into the, uh, into the know. Yeah. I think one episode after Rachel justified to herself why Vasika wasn't going to be in the know. Well, it was also the whole <laughs> yeah. Narmer, Narmer yeah. part of it. We weren't given a choice. Because Narmer had to have uh, a good timing on showing up whenever Sudi was deep in the mask. Hey, gosh. I forced plot progression. <laughs> <laughs> also breaks the fourth wall. Goodbye. <laughs> no, and you'd set out from there. You begin to make your way out into the desert uh, west, I believe, in search of wherever it is that Teddy Sura is. Yep. I think that's currently your plan or possibly a giant freaking bird. Why not both? I think it's on her. I, that's the weirdest theory. <laughs> I, it, it's just wild enough to be true. What is this, some magical world? Mm-hmm. Having set off, you'd uh, you'd rested through the midday, got back up, continued on your way. The winds had kind of picked up. Sand began to steadily blow. The winds continued to pick up. I believe you decided to, uh, well, Falto decided to press the caravan on to try to get to some place where you can actually get some cover as opposed to just being out in the, the open sandy expanse here where you'd just be buried alive by a sandstorm. Yay, mm-hmm. which ends up kind of happening anyway. Mm-hmm. Probably. And following that, things that seemed to be going all right, and then you'd heard this strange, almost musical piping on the wind. Oh, Danny boy. And then uh, <laughs> Masika, Masika had a, a horrible revelation that this must be only, or this could only be the desert dragon that her clan fears and reviles. Probably just fears. I mean, it is a dragon. Yeah, you probably revile it too. This seemed to have been answered somewhat as a forked bolt of lightning had torn through the desert sandstorm and crashed into one of the wagons further ahead, splitting it into splinters. And you know what? Let's just go ahead and start with some initiative, shall we? Oh my. Da, da, da. Oh, oh, come on! Not I'm ready to start this episode with a nat one. Why? I can never roll well on initiative, I swear. I also don't roll initiative well ever, but I especially didn't roll well today. Fun times. Yep. Off to a rocky start. Or should I say sandy start? Probably sandy. Sandy start. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's gotten right in our eyes. Oh, yes. It gets in everything. <laughs> I say there will be a day where we don't reference that stupid Star Wars line. <laughs> <laughs> Today is not that day. No. I don't think tomorrow will be either. No. <laughs> Definitely not. There's a distinct lack of other things on the terrain here. Because we're in yep. a storm. Can I assume that everybody, well, can I, or, or everybody else has gotten blown away already and there's a line for us to well, get I would there. hope that um, everyone Keller else is dead. Is. <laughs> ah! Keller's pretty turn. high level, okay? Keller what a dark turn. Something. You've killed all the lo- beloved NPCs. Literally all of them. Podcast The over. women and the 
you, man. Halflings, too. If you uh, killed the dog, Only the dogs survived. Yeah, right? Yeah. Yes, the dogs uh, because, have to survive. Yes, because here on Find the Path, no animal can die. Verboten. That's, yeah, that's not remotely true. <laughs> Jessica <laughs> killed, like, six hyenas the no, other day. That's not remotely <laughs> true. I felt very bad about it. Hollis did that. You, you, you... <laughs> Not like, Jessica. You incinerated them. Like you know, it was quick. Full on. You did. You did. It was merciful. Yes. Merciful. Kind of. Yeah. So let's go ahead and get initiative from the party, and then I'm going to explain a bit about this battle. Uh oh. So let's start with Hollis. I rolled a 17 for a 24. That's one quick elf. I am ready today to fight a dragon. Sudi. I roll a natural one for a four. Uh oh. Boo. Sudi is not right. Ready to fight a dragon. Well, no. Masika. I roll a two for a four. Oh, no. oh, dang. That's problematic. Okay, I think Sudi has the I higher initiative. I do have the higher, I do have the higher uh, oh my. decks. Oh, my. Yikes. Citra. Three for a nine. Oh! Just Hollis is ready. No! I got y'all, boo, because I'm an abjurer. Be, I'm doing abjuration We're going to be in some deep trouble if you don't magic us out of this awful situation well, we found ourselves in. I'm not going to do that. It's not like she can save the entire caravan. She just saves the party. She just dimension doors the party 500 feet away. Oh, no, the camels oh. and everything else. It's not even far enough away to really make a difference. Nope. She's like, I've got a plan and grabs everyone. Everyone's like, OK, we trust you. And then you just take them all away. And it's like, well, my plan is lone survivor. <laughs> <laughs> this is now survival uh, game. Uh Oh, we're already in one of those. Oh, yeah, true. It's, it's enough. One yep. is enough. Don't starve. Uh, <laughs> especially as we don't have anybody with create food or water. I can create water. Well, yeah, but. You know, this, like, create food thing, right? Yep. Yeah. So here's how this uh, this battle's going to work for our players here. I've put you out on the, the battlefield. You'll notice that I put nothing else on the battlefield. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, that is because there are a variety of other wagons, other individuals involved in this. And then all of you and your wagon in the back. Every round, I'm going to roll to see what your visual range is. Nice little throwback to oh, no. uh, this is exactly sandstorm like, all yes. over again. More sandstorms, but outdoor oh, no. this time. Oh, man. But outdoor this time. An actual... Well, no, it's still not an actual... I guess it's not really an actual sandstorm, because it's created by the dragon, or is he just, like, in a sandstorm? Why not both? Why not both? I think if you control weather, you're actually creating the weather, and the weather itself is not magical. It was just your summoning of the weather that was. Hmm. Hmm. You basically just kickstart it, and then it runs however it goes. It's kind of like if you made a magical faucet. The faucet would be magical, but the water that came out of it wouldn't be. Anyway. Any hooter. Any hooter. That's weird. <laughs> I was like, did you just go, yeah. like, Wisconsin? I was going to say any hooter. Minnesota. I like to say this. She has owls on the brain. So, just to go over a couple of things as far as the sandstorm is concerned, we're going to roll for the distance that you can see each round. Following that, you do need to keep in mind that as long as the sandstorm persists, which will probably be the entirety of this battle, unless some of you have control weather and can somehow cast it as a standard action instead of the, I think it's a 10-minute caster. Uh, yeah, nope. time. It's a long caster. Everyone takes a minus four perception roll. All perception rolls. Great. Sight and sound based. Double great for Sudi. And a minus two penalty on ranged attacks. This applies to all physical ranged attacks, which means for the wizard, this applies to conjuration spells because you're actually conjuring a glob of acid to throw at someone or an acid arrow. Does not apply to evocations or transmutations because they're rays and cannot be influenced by the wind. I like how you just doubled all of my penalties for having one eye. <laughs> yes. Great. Shoot now, and you've got sand in your one eye. Anyway. Yikes. Fortunately, unfortunately for me, fortunately for all of you, none of you are small enough to actually be, like, checked by the wind or <laughs> blown away or anything like that. Some of the halflings are clinging to the dogs pretty hard. Poor Baron. 
he's used to this. His dogs are trained and well experienced in fighting through sandstorms. Are they? Sure. I mean, if they've been in Osiria long enough, probably. They're from like Catapesh. That's yeah. desert. Yeah. Yeah. Catapesh has yeah. some deserty areas. That's true. true. Let's do it. Uh, and when we get to the end of the round, we're going to have something a little special. I'll save it till oh, then. No. Uh, oh, no. It's never good when it's special in a fight. That, and Rick sounds moderately excited about it, which means it's extra bad for us. I don't I'm know. excited for it. It could be fun. It could be, like, interesting. And could that's why it's excited. And interesting. That could be. It could be our doom. It could be awful. Oh, it's always our doom. Interesting. I mean, this is a game that is just about doom. Doom, doom, doom. So round one of combat begins. Jessica, will you bounce me a D10? I shall. Roll a nine. Nine? Very well. You have a visual range of 45 feet, which means anywhere within nine squares of you. You do not currently see the enemy. That's fine, because that's not what I was going to do. So, Hollis has first initiative. The wind goes blistering past you. You kind of lean out. I imagine you probably grab onto the tarp on the side, like pull it up to stick your head out, and this blast of sand and wind just comes scouring in as you stick your head out, one hand holding your hat on top of your head as you look out into the, uh, the blasted windstorm. The air reeks of the smell of ozone, and you fraction of a second after you saw that flash, you're just washed over by the sound of thunder rolling through the storm. All right, buddies. Resist energy, communal electricity. Oh, well, there you go. Nice. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> after, how much does that give us? 20 points of electricity resistance for, I mean, pretty much everyone. It's divided in tens. I have 90 minutes of it. So 20 minutes for everyone and 30 minutes for you? Yeah, that works. Uh, unless you want to give it to Narmer also. Or it's Narmer in a bag? What's going on? Actually, I imagine Narmer. No, well, no, no Narmer we're would traveling. Be Narmer's not travel. in the bag right now. All right, I'll give it to Narmer, I guess. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Which is good because he's vulnerable to electricity. Oh, no. Which is why he's getting in the bag. On Put the him in a sack. <laughs> this is a worst case scenario for me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm both highly vulnerable to electricity and also I am a clockwork being being filled with sand. <laughs> oh. <laughs> the sands, the sh- sands of time are ticking down for him. <laughs> when this fight's over, Shooty, you need to grab my feet and shake me out upside down. <laughs> oh, anyway. God. Poor little Narmer. Uh, you still move extra remaining if Hollis would like to take it. Are we stopping? I imagine the uh, when the lightning blast happened, the caravan, the wagon stopped unless Sudi plans on continuing to drag the, drive the wagon forward. Are we stopping? <coughs> I I mean, I don't know. Well, a lot of help you are. I guess I'm going to hop out of the wagon. Okay. You can drop out of the back side of it. So you just flip over the, uh, the back tailgate on this, drop down onto the ground. You can see a couple more of the wagons like further on behind you as they begin to rear up, basically veering south at this point as the attack came in from the north to try to move further away and give more room for all of you. You see one rider on uh, on her dog begin darting past. You guess it's one of the assorted dog soldiers. All right. Some relation to Marin's. I hop out the back and uh, I guess face toward the north. Yeah. If that's where the dragon seems to be. I put my hat in my familiar satchel. So it doesn't blow away. Sugar now has a hat. It's a little big. Unless it's a magic hat and it resizes down to her size. It's not, but that would be cool. Right? From ahead of you, Uh you hear a crackling sound. Uh I don't love this. Distantly, you see some movement further in the sandstorm, and then a second fork of lightning bursts from somewhere further off towards the north. Not much further than where you saw the first one, but seems to rip through the crowds of people through the caravan ahead. Another cacophonous thunderclap rolls over the party as this tears into, you think, another wagon? Again, you can't see anything from here. 
Can Hollis also have yelled something like, hey, you, fight us in Draconic? I don't know if you could hear it. It's very windy, but she'll uh, try. Probably not going to be able to hear that. Yeah, she'll try. Uh, I mean, sure, you could. That's what Hollis does also. Okay. Great. Put a target on her back. Well, it's better us than some random, like, people in the caravan. Yes, it's true. We roll some damage for the caravan right now. Plus, I can't see the thing, and if it comes to us, I can see it. And seeing it is the first step in destroying it. I don't think it needs to it. see us if it can lightning bolt us from afar. It has to target. Maybe it has one of those things to let it see through sand. Maybe. Those lens thingies. The uh, same thing as, like, the, what is it, fog cutter's lens that lets uh, you yeah. fog? That'd be yeah. cool. Maybe we'll find one. That'd be great. From the dragon, we go to Citra. So have you actually stopped driving? Like, are we getting out? What are well, we I mean, doing? We're, I got in, we're in tactical combat, so the wagon is not moving at the moment. It won't move unless Sudi drives it forward. Okay, so how far ahead was the lightning strike relative to where we are? The first one you saw looked like it was probably just outside of what you could see right now, so about maybe 60, 70 feet ahead of you. The second one seems like it was maybe another 20 or 30 feet further along. So he's but so he's moving. Either he's moving or there's two of them. Oh, let's hope there's not two of them. Okay. Now, unless it lands, the triangle won't do a whole lot. It's true. Seems the arc of the lightning north. that you saw seemed to have been horizontal, not vertical. Seems to be to the north, and it seems like it's on the ground. Well, I suppose we're going to head toward it. So Citra does a jump maneuver and gets out of the caravan. Uh-huh. Or I guess I am I was sitting up front with uh, Sudi, so I'm jumping off of the little top bench thing. You hit the ground. I guess I'll move a little forward. Do I need to roll to see how far I can see? It's at the beginning of each turn. We'll determine the distance that everyone can see at that or for that turn. Okay. Because otherwise this gets messy. All right. Or... I'm going to move forward just a little bit to see if I can see anything else. I'm right behind you. Sounds good. So then I'm going to move forward. You can move 30 feet forward to begin with with your single move action. You have two up in fighting and a plus one base attack bonus, so you can draw both of your kukris if you wish. Yes. All right, so blades in hand. So as you rush forward and begin to run ahead, yeah, you can see other members of the caravan. You can see people moving. You see one of the dog soldiers darting past, charging past you as they make their way closer to wherever the combat is. Distantly, you can hear the sound of Falto seemingly shouting, although whatever he's shouting is carried away by the wind. You think you vaguely hear prayers to Nethys somewhere. Oh, yeah, my boy. Boys. I can hear some of the others, but I don't see anything yet. Sand. Yes. Do you have a standard <laughs> remove action remaining? I'm going to hold my ground there. Okay. Do you want to ready or anything? Or Yeah, if I see a dragon, I'm going to attack it. <laughs> okay. You rush up to that point, ready your weapon. Sudi Kantar. All right. Sudi's going to do a similar maneuver on the other side of the uh, of the wagon, hop off, and then I've got a 40-foot movement speed, so I'll go ahead and run 40 feet forward and see a little bit further forward. Yeah, you drop down, hit the ground, your paws spreading and trying to give you as much traction as possible as you go rushing across the sand. As a side note, the sand will increase the DC of any acrobatics checks by two. If you attempt to tumble because it is loose. Fair enough. Uh, you go rushing forward into the storm, into the the wind here. After a couple of seconds, the caravan behind you disappears. You almost lose sight of, uh, you've lost sight of Hollis entirely as you go rushing ahead hoping that she's okay somewhere. You see Citra off towards your right as she kind of pauses, daggers in hand, yelling back about what she hears, keeping her eyes into the, the surrounding sandstorm. Yeah, you don't see anything. I'm getting major XCOM vibes where we're going to move forward a little bit more and suddenly there's going to be like an am- ambush of stuff. Yep, they're they're all set for Overwatch. <laughs> always, always. <laughs> always for Overwatch. You have always a, be overwatching. You have a standard move action remaining. 
Oh, I don't want to run further forward, so I will ready to uh, strike out at something uh, hostile that comes in melee. All right, Sudi plays it safe. Masika. Now we're getting the bag. Bag. Now. Oh, okay. Now we're going to get Shannon here. I'm not worried about that. Get in the bag. He acts on your turn so he can clamor inside of the bag. Move action, standard action, reach up and close the top of the bag. All right. I'm safe now. Masika will jump down off the wagon and start making her way forward. All right. You know what? I'm going to double move, which is 60. So, yeah, you rush forward, dart past uh, Citra. Pretty much level with Sudi at that point as you go rushing forward. A single camel goes rushing past all of you, uh, dragging behind it both its reins as well as the splinter bar that was holding it in place to whatever wagon it was attached to previously. Uh-oh. That'll reach the end of this first round, at which point, Jessica, mm-hmm. and then we'll just rotate through this every round, would you like the caravan to perform an attack, a defense, or a support action? Defense. Defense? This is the special thing, isn't it? Okay. It's pretty fun. It's doing its defensive thing. As you all begin to move forward, you can hear the shouts go up. You're going to guess that both Marin, as far as the Dark Soldiers are concerned, as well as Falto, seem to be rallying the assorted people here from this sudden surprise attack. There's a beginning growing, crackling sound again coming from somewhere ahead, and that ozone smell begins to build once again. Bringing us back around to the top of the initiative, Jordan, if you'll roll me a d10. Okie dokie. Come on, Jordan. Dang Four. It, Very well. Uh, your visibility is reduced to 20 feet as the sands pick up and the winds begin to blow harder. Well, that's a problem. Hmm. Hollis Starkweather. The wind whips past you. Hollis curses. Getting um, caught in your giant elven ears. Yeah, that's not fun. Uh, I guess Hollis is going to... You know what? Hollis is going to double move and then she's going to yell the entire time in Draconic trying to like catch the attention. Just essentially like pick on someone your own size. Like all these various random taunts. She's not very intimidating, so it's not scary. Anyway, she runs the 70 feet. That is her double move. Yeah. You're also not taking an action to intimidate. So. Yeah, she's just, <laughs> You're just trying things. to get the thing to look at her. I don't know. Oh, the wizard takes point rushing past Sudi. I want to see. This can definitely not end poorly. I got to see. As Sudi's like crouching, like, okay, we've got to be ready for whatever's about to happen. And, and then, then suddenly Hollis goes running by. Come get some, mother. <laughs> <laughs> Basically. <laughs> exactly. And the exactly. best part is, I don't understand anything that she's saying. In Draconic, yeah. yeah. In Draconic. I can't, think of anything. <laughs> I can't think of anything to yell that's not cursing, so that's why I'm like, you know, just imagine in your head. Bring it! Your mother smells of elderberry! <laughs> From there. Your father was a hamster. I don't like this. There's a lot of rolling. That's a lot of dice. Stop it. Why? He's just trying to scare us. It's a fear tactic, guys. Don't fall for it. A third fork of lightning oh, tears wow. into the caravan Stop as it, it begins to, or one of the uh, the tent tops to one of the wagons bursts into flames as you can see this flickering light coming from off towards your right-hand side and this draconic roar goes up as well as what sounds to be the surprisingly deep voice letting out a battle cry and the mad barking of an angry dog. Is the dragon yelling words or is it just yelling? Uh, no, it's, just, it's a roar of frustration. Oh, okay. the surprisingly deep voice might be Marin. Oh, that, yep. yeah, that's probably Marin. The caravan, by the way, has sus- sustained some serious damage. Yeah, I, I wonder bet. why. Citra, you're ready to action did not go off. The defense well, didn't help. Uh, well, I'm gonna double move forward then. All right. So I'll move forward. Let's see, I've got 30 feet, so I'll move forward 60 feet, and then so can I Actually, see anything yet? <laughs> you have a 20 foot visual range. Mm-hmm. 
you can see something. Yay! Finally. As you begin rushing forward, tearing through the sand, pushing forward and making your way further and further, you dart past some of the, the water carriers, some of the workers that are brought onto the caravan who are running now, beginning to make their way, trying to flee further to the south. You duck rolling underneath one of these wagons and spring up onto the other side and catch the Vegas glimpse of this towering monstrosity. The creature in question is huge, <laughs> figuratively and in literal game terminology. Oh, no. oh lovely. From uh, no. its snout to the end of its tail, it's probably 25 feet in length. This long serpentine body. You've only ever seen one dragon before. The crystal she dragon. Has to say, we're sure designed when I need her. Yeah, the, the crystal dragon of the necropolis. This looks nothing like that. The creature is lizard-like, serpentine in design, a slithering, multi-legged blue reptile with a fearsome head crowned with two large curling horns. Wait, what? It stands on its back four and is currently in the process of grabbing and lifting up one of the people in the caravan with one of its forelegs. Lightning crackles along the entirety of its back, snapping and sparking off against everything metal around it as its eyes begin to glow with his inner electricity. What's up here? Don't sound so happy. Yeah, I was like, don't sound so happy. Those I have things a are awful. egg in a different campaign that I'm going to raise. <laughs> Do dragons typically have eight legs? Nah. Maybe. You don't know what it is? Can you make an knowledge check? You may make an knowledge arcana if you so wish, Citra. Actually, do you have Tell that. me what it is. You got a 17. No. Uh, you don't think dragon is accurate, though. You think that this is some sort of magical beast. I don't think it's a dragon. All right. It's very ugly. Sudi Kantar. Oh, boy. Your ready to action did not go off. Yeah. Um, all right. Sudi's going to run forward. Punch it. Punch it. <laughs> oh, I kind of hasted us. Why didn't I do that? Oh, well. Sadly, can't charge, I assume, because I can't see it. Well, so I will yeah, yeah. do a single move here. Yeah, I can't even see it. I actually can't even see it from my after one move because it is 25 feet away from me. Yep. So you go rushing forward. You can see Citra off towards the side as she's yelling and pointing ahead. But with the wind as thick as it is, you can't see where this thing is. It's just ahead of you, so don't move forward yet. All right. Well, so he's going to ready in action and to punch it because he can't see anything, so... It may be pertinent, but if you do not distract it, it will attack the caravan again before the beginning of your next uh, turn. Ah, crud. No. Oh. Do a double move. Yeah, all right. Sudi will then... Well, then ignore what I said. It's only a little bit further ahead of you. Okay, here comes Sudi. <laughs> uh, Jordan's like, I move five feet to see it. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, I'm not going to become big because I feel like I'm going to need my AC. I forget how many attacks these things have, but I know dragons have a million billion attacks. So. I was going to say, but you, as a Sudi character, wouldn't know uh, any All right, well, Sudi will go with his instincts and get big. <laughs> Big Sudi. Oh, they're so cute. Any so Hoozle. Cute. Uh, and then Sudi will move forward and um, I'll... I, oh, I, actually, sorry. I, I underestimated that. Uh, it's 40 feet long. Oh. Wow. Okay. And weighs approximately 4,000 pounds. It's so big. Yeah. Oh, great. Uh, so Sudi should actually see it five feet before he goes into his threat range so he can try an acrobatics check to get in there. Okay, so you... 
You activate your cost stone, turn large, and then close. Well, technically, when you turn large, that would actually mean you'd occupy this feet, five feet in front of you. So when you turn large, you would actually get vis- visual contact with it. hey uh, At which point, yeah, I mean, you can acrobatics forward if you so wish. Keep in mind sure. the minus two penalty due to the sand. Sure. And also the penalty due to, uh, I think your dexterity goes down when you become yes. large. Yes. Yeah. I'm taking a lot of penalties. We all are. I'll get my attack of opportunity die ready. Ooh. Oh, what's that? I rolled a 16, uh, plus my acrobatics score is 25. 25 will not succeed. Ah, it has legs. lashes out, biting out at you. It's Oops. wiggly. It's wiggling. Uh, that might not, though. Uh, it's a 21 to hit. No! Very well. So you slide underneath this as it chomps out at you. You do accomplish your goal. Uh, as the, the screaming man that it's holding, it kind of tosses off to the side as it sees this much larger yep. and more prominent threat. Yup. You're a bigger meal. It I rears am. up to a 20-foot height as it looms over you. It's like it's like twice the size of suit, and he's just like, uh-oh. <laughs> There aren't SpaghettiOs in Osirian, so... Uh, oh, um... Osirios? Fairy... Pharaoh... Pharaohs. <laughs> I need that on a shirt now. Uh, oh, Pharaohs. It's missing a it's syllable. It's missing it. Veronicos. Veronica. Uh, oh, Veronicos. Masika of the Bucken. Do something. Amazing. Yeah, um, almost all my spells are lightning-based, guys. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to double move forward. Hey, hey, Narmer. Uh-huh. Uh, don't, don't tell Zosera that the first thing I did after you told me not to be reckless was run at a dragon. Okay. <laughs> you continue to close uh, ahead on this thing. Like, as you actually begin to close, as uh, Sudi stands here and looks up at the thing, it's the source of the singing. Huh. What? It seems to breathe in deep and exhale, and with, like, each exhaling of its nose comes this almost like this pipe organ sound of wind and high-pitched noise. Weird. So it's making the sand go. Alright, so you move 55 feet ahead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a there's a big singing dragon. Huh. I don't have knowledge arcana, oh, so... Dang it. <laughs> well, <laughs> you may make Elf. a... Uh, now that you've seen it directly, you may make a knowledge local. I don't have that. <laughs> you want to know about engineering or nature? I got you covered. I yeah. rolled a 3 for a 17. Yep. It's a big old dragon. Oh boy! I'm bringing my brain. Give me a second. Boop it in. I, I thought I knew I'm it wasn't a dragon. Well, it's it's a big old lizard. How's that? <laughs> it's got a lot of legs. It's a big centipede with teeth. It's a centipede lizard. You don't know any legends pertaining towards this creature. I'm not from here. All right, I'm gonna stay there. All right, so you double move forward, rushing up, kind of seeing that and going, "Oh, uh, okay." <laughs> As it looms up over Sudi, Jordan, what would you like the caravan to do? Uh, Attack, defense, support. Now let's go for a support action. Okay. I have no idea what that is, but I'm going to assume it's good. Can we ask what that means? Nope. <laughs> I've created a random chart. Gygax would be proud. <laughs> no! no! Actually, I love luck. random. Not random luck. I'm bad at that. Okay, but we shouldn't be calling these shots because we don't run the caravan. Falto does. True, but Falto isn't necessarily in charge here. Speaking of Falto... The rakish swashbuckler dives in, circling wide behind this, and dropping into a flank with Sudi. Yay! Nice. I need this. Put Falto. Where's, where's the... I see a new oh. pair of boots in our future. Dang it. Oh. Does he uh, really say that? Yes. Uh, he then dinkly points his, his rapier into the back of this mammoth dragon. <laughs> <laughs> Sika looks over at Citra. Your, your boyfriend's a little weird. Mm-hmm. 
says the fish woman <laughs> in the desert. From the caravan. Walter may be weird, but he gets stuff done. We go to the top of the initiative. Heather, if you'll roll me a d10. Come on, Heather. Seven. Okay. Seven? All right, so the winds die down slightly from last round, beginning to ebb somewhat, allowing Masika and Citra to see this thing in all of its full glory now, as it stands towering above Sudi. For a second, you're just like, oh, it can't be that. Oh, wait, no, Subi's double in size. Yeah, it is pretty big. Uh, Hollis, I think from there, you can now see the enlarged size Subi. He's just kind of like stutter stopped as he goes diving in. And for a second, you see a flash of blue scales and electricity as something seems to dart down to try to grab him hmm. before Sudi rolls and tucks out of the way of that with cat-like grace, despite being approximately the size and weight of an elephant. Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, at the very least, a small elephant. I don't know what eight times Sudi's weight is, but it's probably pretty heavy. Uh, he's 150, so... 1,200? Yeah, ish. All right. Hollis. Hollis is going to move forward to stand behind... Well, Hollis is going to move forward till she sees it and then see if she knows what it is. That's step think... one. Until until you immediately see it, I assume? Um, I Do you mean... want to stop when you see it? Yes. No. So... I'm going to move behind Sudi. All right. I am 20 feet from it. Okay. So you rush forward and see this massive blue-scaled beast. That's big. You may make a knowledge arcana. <laughs> I rolled a three, but that gives me a 21. The good news is you do know what this is. Huh. Bad news is. This is a Bahir. Oh my. Temperamental and avaricious, the Bahir spends most of its time slithering through the, through the sandy hills and desert cliffs that make up its territory, preying upon all creatures who dare enter into its hunting grounds. Mm. The creature's six pairs of powerful clawed legs remain folded against its sides most of the time, only extending in combat to grapple foes or carry the Bahir forward in a terrifying low-slung gallop or else when climbing the sheer cliff faces common to Bahir lairs. Uh, while territory and bestial in its fury, the Bahir is neither stupid nor necessarily evil. Uh, though its self-centeredness uh, and tendency to lay claim to everything visible from its high lairs frequently bring it into conflict with other races, as such a Bahir can often be bought off or reasoned with by those brave negotiators willing to get close enough to make, it, make their pitch. In these cases, a Bahir's tendency to attack first and ask questions later, or not at all, means that anyone seeking to strike a deal must bring powerful incentives and impress the Bahir immediately with this offer. Mm. Think we missed that opportunity. Yeah, you do know that it's uh, commonly speculated that Bahirs are somehow related to blue dragons, although the exact nature of this link remains unknown. Most dragons deny any such association and look down on the Bahir for its relative lack of intelligence, a snubbing that infuriates the already short-tempered Bahirs. <laughs> Thanks to this casual disparagement, many Bahirs carry deep grudges against dragons and attack without pause any who would cross into their territories. Oh, wow. What do they speak? Many of them will speak common. Uh, they do not actually speak draconic. <laughs> okay. Uh, that's why that didn't work. <laughs> Sad. If anything, it might have ticked him off. That sounded Probably. like a dragon. Yeah, a little it tiny sounded, baby dragon. It sounded like the little dragon was charging at him. He's like, what? <laughs> I'll kill you. <laughs> uh, that's Bahir ain't a dragon. Hates dragons. Um, You know what, Sudi? How about this going to feel weird? And I tap Sudi on the back and cast Displacement. Sweet. I am displaced. Sudi's form flickers and then kind of reappears two feet over. Get him, boy. Uh, what all comes with displacement? Uh, just 50% mischance. Um, nice. As if it had total concealment. Boom. True true seeing reveals its true location and negates the mischance, but that's it. Okay. 
So Hollis lays a hand on Sudi. Sudi feels himself just kind of hop a little bit to the side in a strange Weird. way. All right, get him, boy. You got it. Believe in you. That brings us to the singing storm. It has a cool name and everything. It does have a very cool name. And we're gonna if it would it talk to us. We're going to put it down. Hollis eyes it. Yeah, it's going to rear up and it's going to attack down at Sudi. And it's going to take off power attack because it missed last round. Okay. 50% miss chance, baby. Well, it gets a 52, so just past that. Dang. Dang it. Rude. But I still don't know if a... It's a 24 at that point. Yes. Okay. I will hit. That's my AC normally, so... Even would have hit me if I was small. Sad. Well, at least he turned off power attack, so it's not going to be as yeah. much. Although he wouldn't have hit if he had power attack on. Still, chomps onto Sudi for 15 points of damage Ow. as its teeth bite into him. Ow. We're going to need to start attacking this thing. That's my next turn. 31 to beat your CMD. Uh-oh. Wait. Wait for it. It should be adjusted up to, I believe, because your large size and your strength modifier you 31. goes 31. Because I am big, no. No, there you go. Because I have a plus one size modifier now. Oh, well. <laughs> then it chomps onto you. It begins to try to lift you up, and you just kind of grab onto it and slam yourself back down <laughs> using your superior weight. Yeah. Even though this thing outweighs you by almost four times as you struggle against it. It's got a little snake body, though. Probably doing, like, one of those quick cat boop things where you just hit it on the snoot to try to, like, a cat fighting an alligator. Yeah. <laughs> Use your legs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, you Liu Kang kick him in the chest. And knock him back. <laughs> I like that. Uh, bicycle kick. <laughs> Which is good, because... Uh, I bet it would have been bad if he'd grabbed me. It gets real bad real fast. Oh, boy. <laughs> Unfortunately, Hollis, you don't actually have any information past that pertaining yeah. towards the Bahir. Uh, that's all I know. It's called a Bahir. Yeah. You know... What you basically know is that they are true neutral magical beasts. Well, too late for that. It might run off if it gets hurt enough. Citra. Get in there. Yeah, I'm going to close... Close in. Unfortunately, Falto's not flanking with me. That sucks. Uh, he'd be flanking with you if you got in front of me. If you got between Sudi and the Bahir. Yeah, get but between. But am I going to get in your way? No, because I'm big. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, then I will get in front of Sudi so that I can flank oh, with Falto. Acrobatics. Yeah, you're going to have to. I'm going to try to acrobatics. Okay. Mm, lighting bolt formation. Do you not want me to do it? No, you need to do it. It's just, well, we have energy resistance. It'll be okay. okay. Alright, okay. So I don't know why I rolled that forward. again, because I rolled it once already, and I rolled... Okay. Oh, that's not good, though. Minus two for the sand. <laughs> yeah, I know. It means I only got a 20. Nope, nope. A 20 will not succeed as you try to rush in against this thing. It turns snapping down at you with its massive maw. Yeah. Still not power attacking and still rolling crummy. I'm that's a 22. No! <laughs> so you hey. dart forward... You dodge it more almost by accident as you actually slip <laughs> in the sand just low enough that as it clamps down, it just catches the edge of your, your shaw and like rips one end of it as you dart forward towards it. All right. And then I'm going to go in for the attack. Kukri, go. Why can I not roll today? Hey, you're flanking. <laughs> yeah. That only got me an, yeah, that only got me an 18 because I rolled a three. It's a big boy. Uh, yeah, it doesn't seem like a... You, you could just kind of dart in, slide underneath that, bring up, see one of its legs, and then dart your blade forward, and it just glances off its rock-like scales. Boo. I'm sucking the rolling today. That's a bad <laughs> oh. sign for all of us. I imagine you stare up the 20 feet height as you have never faced anything remotely this size that and just try to look for anything. The first huge-sized <laughs> creature we have fought in this adventure path. Yep, not mm. really enjoying it so far. 
Sudi Kantar. All right. Sudi didn't get any directions otherwise. Sudi's going to pummel it. All right. Uh, so swift actions go into pummeling style and punch full okay. with flurry of blows. Um, that's a number. <laughs> really? The numbers? Uh, 25 with the flank. 25 will hit as Sudi leaps oh, up, punching his fist into this thing's face as he's the only one that can reach that high. Now, I should have mentioned this. I had a fun little gift that uh, just mo- just his mom gave me. I have some big Sudi dice that are <laughs> colossally large, about four times the size of my regular dice. Okay, so what I'm going to need you to do is put one of them dice next to uh, your character up here. And put your regular d20 next to it. <laughs> so you have so you've embiggened your dice is what I you're telling have, me. I have in fact embiggened my dice to go with my embiggened character. <laughs> On the downside they're so big they actually won't go through my uh, dice tower. No. <laughs> oh. Let's to, do it. There had to be a like, trade-off, so you know. <laughs> you have to roll them like a common player. Oh, baby. Uh so that is 14 points of damage. That's a uh, it's an answering hit. That's a nice hit. As you slam your fist into the side of it, you note that it does not seem to have had any damage reduction. You just Perfect. slam your fist into the side of this thing's face. Excellent. As it rebounds, you feel this crack underneath your knuckles, and it spits out one of its mini teeth. Yeah. Cool. All right. It's probably I'll, shark-like and just has another one. I'm going to punch it again. Yeah, another one just pops in immediately. Yep. I rolled, in my usual fashion, awfully, and get an 11. An 11 will not hit your target. Okay, bug. last one. That'll play. Okay, so that is uh, 31. 31 will hit as you drop, hit the ground, and then just punch out palm open into this thing's, you guess, sternum? You don't know where its sternum is when it has 12 legs. Uh, sure, uh, so it's only six points of damage. Six points as you still slam your fist into it. Big Sudi dice. Okay. It recoils from the hit, bringing us from Sudi to Masika. I'm going to flame strike. All right. That's an excellent idea. Mm-hmm. I like that spell. Um, I guess if you did it strategic, because don't forget Falls was on the other side. Uh, it's only a 10-foot yeah. cylinder, so. Oh, okay. So, yeah. It, it and I imagine she'll probably put it closer to her, because she actually can't see what's on the other side yeah. of this thing through the sandstorm. Okay, yep. just make sure. I, was th- I don't know why I was thinking it was 20. All right. It needs, Fireball. It needs to make ah, a reflex that's it. save. All right. DC on that is 22. Uh, yeah, it fails. Yay! As it seems to be kind of confused by this little woman trying to poke him in the front and then this like this guy <laughs> behind just trying to like jam this toothpick into his tail and then gets punched in the face by Sudi and then there's this explosion of flame which like washes over Sudi's right hand side I rolled real good y'all Yay! I do 43 points of damage. Wow! <laughs> Holy cow. Nice. How many nice. six was that? Nine? <laughs> nice. Flame strike's great. Yeah, Light him strike. up. Uh, yeah, that definitely hurts as he recoils back from the hit, stumbling with the impact. This blazing column of flame drops down, and Sudi and uh, and Hollis are pelted by these goblets of superheated sand as it bursts past that and rolls over you. Fortunately, cooling rather quickly, but leaving these almost like glass dust shards across one side of you. Masika lets out a little cheer. <laughs> Narmer's probably back. Light him up, up. <laughs> Um, Heather, would you like the caravan to uh, attack, defend, support? How hurt does this thing look after the flame strike and Sudi punching it? 
it's maybe half dead. Mm-hmm. I could I could tell you actually how dead it is, but I'd have to like use my tomb site, and that's a standard action. Mm. Let's go uh, defensive. Okay. Masika likes people. She doesn't want them to die. Agreed. Yep. 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 Oh, that's weird. Roll the same things multiple times in a row. As Masika, as you drop this blast of fire from behind you, you just hear someone cry out, Nethys. Yeah. This pulse of positive energy rolls out over the back portion of the caravan, catching any two of you that you choose. I don't need it. I don't need it either. I need it. I'm not injured. All right. So Sudi, you heal for 15 points as this rolls over you and you feel this pulse of positive energy. Thanks, Calvin. Sudi's back at full health, baby. From That's our boy. You owe us. <laughs> the caravan, we go to the top of the initiative. Rachel, if you'll roll me a d10. Come on, Rachie. I Where'd rolled an eight. Woo! You rolled an eight? Very well. As the sandstorm constricts in again, begins to pick up, this thing begins to whistle as it begins to breathe in deep gasps, and it's each exhaling is this discordant note of like a pipe organ being played by a very angry child. Hollis. Hollis fishes out a little bone marionette from her spell bonus pouch yeah. and casts Bone Shaker on this thing. Excellent. Okay. Love that spell. Me too. Uh, fortitude save. Just imagine if Jess had this spell in real life. So many people would just be like, eh, all the time. <laughs> like, man. How dare you cut me off in traffic? Yeah. Oh, that would cause a I will assume a 30 will succeed. <laughs> it will. So he's going to take half damage, but. Oh, and he won't. Uh, I won't be able to move him. Okay. Uh, but he'll still take. To be some fair, damage. where would you have wanted to move him anyway? He's I don't know. In the perfect position. It's more about the damage. Yeah. Uh, Falso actually had to fall back after that initial attack. Uh oh. Wait, I lost my flank. Yeah. Yeah. It's a round by round thing of what the caravan's doing to help you. Oh, because I did like, support and so yeah, support and so he jumped in, flank. supply supplied a flank, and then after doing like the stab stab thing, he darted back and away to probably go put out a fire or help drag away someone that's badly injured. Or Hollis is going to shake this bone fetish and also all the bones in this here's body. Okay. I don't know what the bone structure of this giant snake with legs is, but probably lots of cartilage. Probably a lot like a snakes, I'd imagine. So Lots 21, so it gets 10 damage. You shake the thing, it will... It just has to have a lot of pelvises. Oh, I'm also gonna move um, it's all ribs to the opposite side of Masika, so I'm gonna kind of circle around at the left. All right, so you circle left. That's out of range, right? With my so. 35 movement speed. Yeah, because otherwise, actually, if you moved one further forward, you'd have been in its threatened range oh. when you hit it. No, thanks. Uh, that brings us to the creature... And in the classic problem of a spellcaster, it will slither a five foot step over and yeah. bite out at Masika because God did that freaking uh, hurt. Yeah, uh, makes I'm going to step up. Okay. I also have following step, so. So you can move, move 10, 10 feet? feet. Uh-huh. So where are you going? Do you want to circle around to its side? Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, they start trying to get into a flank. Do you have a weapon out? No, but I mean, Sudi's going to move. And Am I can I? draw a weapon. It also means you wouldn't have to tumble as far to get into the flank. We'll do that. So Citra ducks to the side, tumbling past it. You don't have step up and strike, though, correct? Unfortunately not. I don't all think right. we're high enough level for you to have gotten that all anyway. No. Uh, that brings us to it, which is going to bite down at Masika. Uh-oh. I'm still not rolling great. Uh, 26. Yeah, that'll still hit me. Owie. All right. Oh, Cyrus. It chomps down, biting onto Masika for 14 points of damage as it bites hold of the shaman. Not nice. Oh, you've got hit points, though. So it could be a lot worse. You could be down a level. 
Uh, I'm assuming a 30 will beat your CMD, but I don't know. <laughs> you're hilarious. Oh, no, you're going right. to get eaten. It grapples you, lifts you up, wraps its legs around you into a nice tight hug, and then just squeezes as hard as it can. Oh. That'd be a great time for freedom of movement. As it cuddles you to death. Oh, it death cuddles. You. It's not a wizard smell. Better than death by oh. Susu? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. You take 17 points of damage from the constrict as your bones begin to creak under the gra- grabbing impact of this. That's a problem. As it like chomps onto you and kind of throws you up, grabs you onto these, and then the clawed hands begin to lift you, passing you upwards <laughs> as it begins to reach down. You hear this sickening pop as it unhinges its jaw and begins to shovel you up towards its face. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Is everything okay? It's getting kind of tight in here. Stay in the bag! <laughs> Citra. Right. That's a problem. Uh, Citra tumbles into the flank. <laughs> Great idea. That is a much better roll. That would be, even with the minus two, a 33. A 33 just barely succeeds as oh, you wow. tumble around into the flank against this mammoth creature. Okay, and then hey, I... Masika, you got any grease in there? No. No, I don't. Oh, that's well, not good. Okay. <laughs> Are you able to speak while you're being constricted? Azaz! grease! you had a wand! You know he's got a wand. Uh, okay, but I still apparently suck at hitting because I only got a 19. A <sighs> 19 will not hit even I with the flank. Know. Oh, wait, that wasn't with the flank. 21. The 21 will strike no. your target yeah. as you bury your blade into its back, <sighs> leaping up, like running across the back spine of this thing and just going... Eh, this is probably a something and ramming your blade into its spine. It's all spines and pelvises. You feel this <laughs> sickening uh, jolt sensation run up your arm whenever your blade hits as you stab into its spine where the electricity courses through its body but hold on as you plunge in. It's descriptive text, you're fine. It'd be uh, nine, 19 plus 7 which is 26 points of damage. 26 points of damage as you Ah. drive your blade into this thing. And what would you guys like me to do to this guy? Make it drop Masika. Make it bad at hitting. I can do... Make its uh, AC lower. I could. Okay, so I will bewilder him and lower his AC. Minus (laughs) two versus me. Minus four against... Or sorry. Minus two against everyone else. Minus four against me. He is bewildered. He is bewildered. You wrench your blade into this thing, bringing us around to Sudi Kantar. All right. I, oh, this, I, I can almost guarantee you this isn't going to work, but I have nothing else to do. I'm going to try to stunning fist him. I believe okay. in you. He's alive. You can do it. Because he's alive, and also if he's stunned, he can't eat Masika. All right. So you I declare hope. your stunning fist. You launch out a fist. Oh, man! That's a perfect 20. Oh, nice! Perfect 20 will hit threat. Roll to confirm. Mm-hmm. Uh... Plus two for five. Oh, 21, actually. 21 will confirm <laughs> your critical hit. Critical stunning. As Sudi leaps forward to the attack. Huzzah! Seeing his new friend and ally trapped. <laughs> Not again. Sudi sounds surprised by that. Like, huzzah! <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on, dice. Seven and six, which is 13 points of damage because I rolled terribly. But I will also need him to go ahead and make me a fortitude save. Uh, no. What? Sudi leaps forward, 
Masika, as you look up towards this thing and it begins to bring you up, you just see this black shadow fall over you as Sudi grabs onto both of his horns, plants one foot, and then wrenches as there's this sickening pop crack. The thing tumbles to the ground in one spasmic roll as it lets go of you and lets out this last wheezing. Why you gotta make it sad? sad? (laughs) Also, that was bad. And then it falls still. Good kitty. <laughs> but definitely not the dragon. No, not a dragon. And also, every time I cast things to protect y'all from energy, the energy doesn't happen. Is uh, also <laughs> one that also sandstorm still happening? Yeah. Oh, we. Uh, That's a problem. We left them camels back there by themselves. You think they're still there? I mean, hopefully. Falto rushes up. Is everyone else all right? Yeah. I mean, we weren't able to see a whole lot of people, but we're fine. Oh, I'm, I'm rounding up everyone else. Marin's circling around to go and try to find everyone. Oh, the thing's big. Yeah, huge, really. A bit. I suppose Sudi just kind of shrinks back. <laughs> <laughs> With exactly that sound. That's the shrinking sound. <laughs> As he puts it, I put my giant dice away. <laughs> you stop displacementing um, fairly soon. Okay. Oh, yeah. Masika heals yeah. herself. Great plan. Falto reaches out to like pat Sudi on the shoulder and misses by two feet. <laughs> oh yeah, he's oh. displaced. This <laughs> <laughs> ghost. It's just magic. Ah. Well, I suppose we should help round up everyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and see if there's anything. What the heck is this thing? Oh, it's a Bahir. It's like a dragon cousin, except dragons don't think it's a cousin. Uh, it hates dragons because dragons are mean to it, but it's also very territorial. Like a dragon turtle. Yes. What's a dragon turtle? It's a turtle that's also a dragon. Huh. Wait, how would that work? It's very big, but it's got a dragon head. But, a turtle but shell. Wouldn't the, the shell mean that it can't fly? It swims. No, this it's this like is some sort of dragon, dragon thing, and it doesn't have wings either. I mean, real dragons can fly, but like dragon, rel- like dragon relatives maybe don't. Weird. I don't know. I didn't study dragons. I don't know why it's called a dragon turtle, then, if it's not actually a dragon. Because it's part dragon. It's a dragon. It's just a subtype. Kind of like there was another cat folk who was, like, had straps or something. You'd both be cat folk, but you're different. Okay. That makes sense. I think. We're getting a course on genetics here. <laughs> I mean, that's not a great example, but it's the best that Hollis could think of. Knowing what Sudi knows. Which is not much. He's got that big empty hall. I know because I felt it. <laughs> and now yes. I must fill it oh, with knowledge. Oh, you were there for that episode. Oh, right. Yeah. I got to fill it with knowledge because it's waiting to be filled with knowledge. So I am ready to fill with knowledge. <laughs> okay. It's a whole discussion about what the inside right. of our brains look like. Is everybody else okay? I uh, I'm back in yeah. full health, actually, after Keller helped. I, I could use it. my level back. If <laughs> <laughs> you're handing those out. If you can do that sort of thing. Oh, that almost went awful. Almost, but we actually got tactically in place pretty quickly. I was going to say, we actually did okay. Um, how messed up is the caravan then? Because it took it's lost like about one. a quarter of its hit points. Oh, wonderful. Oh, well, that's a problem. The four of you have a second to collect yourselves. Go and find your, your wagon, which fortunately, unlike all of the other wagons, is exactly where you left it as the war-trained camels waited uh, yeah. in preparation <laughs> for when you would need them and call hey. them in battle. Ah, uh, honor and victory are good. Yep. Uh, Masika, I think your cam- camels are just tied to the Yeah, one of the them's tailgate. war-trained... One of them's not? Okay. The one that's not tried its best to slip its reins. Yes, but. I have a pack camel and a trained war camel. Okay. Your war camel. What is your war camel's name? I didn't name my camels because I'm a horrible human being, apparently. What? Name it now. Name it right on the spot. First names that come to mind. Balthazar. Cheddar. Cheddar? <laughs> Cheddar? Dusty. 
I was just thinking of the camel. Sandy. The claymation. Sandy. Sandy. I like Balthazar. No, Sandy is hilarious. Sandy and Oasis. Ah! <laughs> I love it. Y'all are boring. Sandy and Oasis. It's hilarious. Sa- Sandy's fine. Oasis tried to peace out. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all suck. I was thinking of the, the camels from the Claymation Christmas. No one knows this, what? Rachel. What are you, what talking, are you about? talking about? How old are you? <laughs> singing camels from the Claymation Christmas, and they'd sing We Three Kings, which is why I thought Balthazar. Rachel has this VHS, <laughs> and she will make you I watch will. it if you let her talk about it I have it, it on DVD enough. now, too. She'll find it on YouTube and she'll make you watch it. Yeah, Gracious. it's on YouTube. It is actually really good. I don't believe you because Claymation and Christmas never ended in it's a good thing. It's got two dinosaurs. They yeah, it's talk. Rex and Herb and they're hosting a Christmas special. The California Raisins are there. It is weird. How high are you right now? <laughs> no, this is real. I've seen it with my eyes. I mean, she did just mention California where it is legal to talk about. It wasn't bit. then. <laughs> no, it definitely wasn't bad. This is a very old video, but it's so good. So it sounded a lot like heffalumps and woozles right We should here. post this on the blog. I could write a whole blog article no, about no. it. No. no one wants to know about nobody this. Wants, nobody needs to know about this. Unless you're statting out the California raisins as their new ancestor right. and or monster. No, no, no. New, play, a new playable race monster, California raisins. Oh, a new subtype of leshy. <laughs> Oh, man. No, no. They're undead leshies. That's why they're raisins. There is going to be a fan or a listener of some kind who has seen this with me, and they're going to get it on the Reddit, and they're going to comment and say exactly how awesome this video is. Someone's going to be excited. Someone's going to be excited because they're going to feel the nostalgia with me. Who needs the validation that 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 does actually exist, and it wasn't just a few Somebody got my Jabberjaw reference. Yeah. (laughs) That's fair. Anyway, Jabberjaw is awesome, though. Miss- yeah, so Falto collects the rest of the caravan, returns. Masika um, would tap the top of that pouch so Narmer knows it's okay to come out. He's still singing. Yeah. <laughs> the caravan collects the they're two dead as they lost two people mm-hmm. in the attack. Aww. As well as one of the wagons is blasted beyond recognition. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, the caravan stops for a short time to more or less just strip that wagon of anything that's possibly still of use. Mm-hmm. Uh, taking its parts. wheels off, just sort of parts, whatever it can. Sudi so will utilize this time to do as Narmer asked and shake Narmer out. <laughs> it's oh, the sandstorm's still going on. Yeah. Sudi so will wait until the sandstorm's <laughs> over. <laughs> I had a thought of would it be funnier to just shake him out in the sandstorm. <laughs> it would defeat the whole purpose. He'd it would defeat the sand. entire purpose. I think I would actually be sanding him even more. He'd be very shiny afterward. Oh, yeah. He's got yeah. that... Uh, um, shiny buff. Sandblasting. Mm-hmm. He'd be sandblasted after that. But the caravan presses on from here only for about another hour and a half or so, and really only at that point making about another mile. Uh, until you find a rocky area where this one rocky tour seems to rise up out of the sand where you can find some safety on the uh, the leeward side. It stretches up maybe a height of some 30 feet and a single tree branches off of the top of this, having somehow planted here, grown. You have no idea what actually provided it any sustenance, but whatever that was dried out long ago and it seems to have absorbed the salt into its very bark. Weird. To the point that it just petrified. Now looking like this clawed, broken, stony hand stretching up towards the sky. Hmm. It's here that you settle down with a distant red sunset, colored by the sand still blowing around all of you, as you do your best to try to set up your tents and find some safety and protection here with the little protection from the wind that the rock face provides. Suppose we need to settle in for the evening. Hmm. So are there any other of those... um Be here things out there? 
I mean, I don't know. Uh, I hadn't realized we'd strayed this far until it was too late. We usually avoid this area. That makes sense. They're very territorial. We must be further south. Hmm. We need to go north. Well, I mean, we can talk to Falto about changing our direction tomorrow. Actually, just as a general question, do I have any knowledge geography? He uses my ranks in knowledge geography. How many ranks is that? I bet it's none. Uh, let me see. Yep, it's none. <laughs> I have survival, though. No, that was on microphone. <laughs> yeah, no, it's none. Oh, okay. S- survival, though. I have geography, if that helps. You can make a geography check if you wish. Well, okay. I rolled a 17 for a total of a... Mm, 33. <laughs> Gracious. Yeah, you think that that's probably pretty accurate if you're... You're not sure where this singing storm thing is, but you think that the caravan's been mostly going in. You set off at noon and the sun was ahead of you the entire time, which means that you must have been going west the entire time. And so you would need to veer further and make your way further north. You think it's probably still northwest from here. Well, that makes sense. It's probably still further northwest from here. Hopefully the sandstorm dies down. I thought maybe the Pihira was summoning it and it would go away, but... Mm. That was wishful thinking. Not to my knowledge, can they? they I don't think they can do that, not to my knowledge. They were um, doing a weird singing, though. Does is that, Was that some sort of magical conjuration, or just... No. Maybe they just whistle-breathe. It let out the saddest noise when it died. It did. Yeah. I felt kind of bad, but it was also about to eat me, so, you know... I didn't feel bad, and it was about to eat you. Yeah, I mean, if we had somehow gotten it to see that we had some great thing to trade with it, it wouldn't have been a problem, but they're very temperamental and they're very aggressive. I think if the storm hadn't been raging, we might have had an opportunity to do that. Mm. We don't really have that much to trade. I mean, I don't know what a Bahir wants. I don't know, maybe food? Mm, Maybe. I don't think we have anything that tasty. Do they keep treasure like a dragon? I don't know. I don't think so. I don't know. I mean, if they do and we find its lair, that might have something helpful in it. That it through. It's probably the same in one of these rocks around here. That'd be exciting. Mm-hmm. Have to find a Bahir horde. Y'all want to poke around at some rocks? There's a little cluck-cluck. Hmm? Well, we could try maybe doing some sort of divining for it, too. Oh. Yeah, we could use some magic to see if we can figure out the location of a, of a horde, of a, of a nest. I'm not sure if that's worth bothering Nethus over. Yeah, he loves magic, that guy. I mean, do you have something to do that prepared? I can. I can contact another plane. Oh, that's much safer than me doing it, because I can do it, but I might not be able to cast spells for a while, and that would be very upsetting. No, it says av- it says in this, avoid intelligence slash charisma damage. It's only good for wisdom casters. It's only good for wisdom, and you're a charisma caster. Oh, never so mind. So that's problematic. Yeah. Just as dangerous, possible. All the questions have to be yes, no, maybe. I couldn't ask it exactly where it was, just if it had one. Is it in the rocks nearby? Is almost it within be better, 40 feet? Is it almost be better to do an ochre or something. Yeah. I have divination on my list. I just don't have one memorized right ah. now. We could prepare one and we could do it tomorrow. We could survival it up. Do you have 25 gold worth of incense? Uh, Sudi does. Wait, Sudi does? You bought a bunch of incense from that lady. Oh, yeah. Actually, you did buy a bunch of incense. Oh, from yeah. That lady. <laughs> I, I specifically wrote it down as fancy incense. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that I did not read as that. What? Whenever we were looking at your character sheet to figure out what Narmer was going to steal from you. What did you think I wrote down? What did I think? What, fancy intense or something oh, yeah, like that? that was weird. We couldn't <laughs> figure out what I was like, what, what the was. F is this? <laughs> Jordan's yeah. illegible handwriting strikes again. Anyway. Basically. It looks like Sugar wrote it. Mm. It's Sugar has impeccable handwriting. Ah. She has impeccable handwriting. I'm a ah. <laughs> She does calligraphy. She uses her own feathers. <laughs> 
she that one wasn't as funny. Specific as locate object. Oh, it has to be an object I know. Yeah, you have to know what yeah. it is. Well, it was just a thought. I mean, I suppose we could just try the mundane ways of poking in holes. I mean, not in the sandstorm. Well, well no. What about the other people that can cast spells in this group? There's somebody did a channel. Oh, we could go talk to Kelru. Or, or as well, Azaz is less powerful than me, but we could talk to Kelru. Do Azaz or Kelru have ranks in knowledge arcana? Could they maybe make a better check on the Bahir to see if it even has a flippin' horde before we go wandering off into the desert? Hmm. <laughs> Falto might know. Oh, no, he didn't know. I'm gonna go find Azaz. <laughs> <laughs> You find his ass and Kelru setting up their own tent I mean, off towards I, the side. I guess Masika would go with everyone. Oh, yeah, sure. Hey, guys. Um, peace, friends. Peace. Great work. Heard you calling out to our boy, Nethys. Anybody know anything about Bahirs? It was that big old blue thing. I don't know if y'all saw it. The wind was nuts. How his ass gesture is for all of you to sit down if you want. Tootie sits. They've set up, you know, one, uh, just one tarp, not even, like, a part of the tent, but just one tarp as a windbreak on one side, just to kind of keep, like, the sand out so they can actually light a fire here and try to cook something. Here, guys, I cast Tiny Hut so that there's a little wall of force that keeps the sand out. Ah, uh, magic solves everything. Mm-hmm. Hope you have one of those for us later. We'll just sleep here. <laughs> <laughs> We're just gonna crash their tent. Okay. You can just give me a minute. I'll figure it out later. Everyone cuddle in this ten-foot sphere. Gracious. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, so if you give me a minute when I'm back in the in our area, I can castle. Are you up for some just friends spooning? <laughs> Hollis does like no. it. She's in. A little platonic spooning? Um, it's gonna be no, hard I, from I know the basics pertaining towards them. Not much past that. Hi. Oh, this is Masika. Masika, this is Zaz and Kelru. Nice to meet you. I'm Azaz, yeah. Okay. This is Kelru. He's got a little friend, too, Scorpion. Azaz just kind of nods. What Kelru smiles, extends a hand oh, towards yeah. you. Masiko takes it. Peace, friend, and blessings of Nethys. Nice to meet you. Are you a religious sort? What? Are you a religious sort? I mean, mostly the old gods. Ah, I saw you earlier, calling upon the powers of the divine. No, I get those from Narmer. Hey, guys, I'm Narmer. <laughs> Yeah, she's one of them spontaneous kinds. I'm not winking at you. I've just got Shane in my gears. It makes me wink at you. You could Poor probably shake him out now. <laughs> Masika. No. Oh, yeah, in the tent you can. Yeah, Masika pats Narmer's head. It's a pleasure to meet you, my little friend. So, uh, Bahirs, yeah? What basics do you know? Because I know some basics, but... You're old and 18, so he actually knows the same stuff that ah, dang. you did. All right, well. I mean, we're just trying to figure out if it has a horde around here that might be helpful as far as getting supplies. Well, I mean, they're usually referred to as being territorial and greedy, so I imagine that mm. it probably has a horde somewhere. That's fair. It depends on what it hoards. Well, the problem also is tracking it because with the sandstorm, there will be no tracks. Exactly. It's going to nest in a rock or something. It's not going to live in the open desert. That'd be nuts. They, they nest in rocks and usually they choose areas where they can have a high point of view, a high vantage point. So it's going to be a rocky area that gives them a, a good area where they can survey the surrounding terrain. Kind of like this one that we're nestled up against? Well, sort of, but probably larger than this. They would want to be able to see for miles. Are these solitary creatures? Mm Mmm. What are the chances there's more than one of them? I mean, they're sometimes found in mated pairs. Well, let's hope that's not the case, because we just killed one half of it. Also, because then we'd have another Bahir egg situation. Ooh, I did know a guy when I went to college. He uh, stumbled upon a Bahir egg. He decided to take it and raise it as his own. Worked out pretty okay. That sounds insane. You well, mean he didn't get eaten by it later? Well, they're not necessarily evil. They're just neutral. So you kind of, like, they're just one way or the other. They're not going to go out of the way to be bad. They're like animals. Yeah. So you can just raise Just slightly them. more intelligent than animals. Mm-hmm. 
Sometimes they even speak. Kind of the way that Utyugs will attack people, but they're not really bad. They're, they're just, just hungry. Hungry. Yeah. We have a lot of Utyugs in Absalom. Mm. I've never been. I should go to that city. It has a good university, I heard. It's passable. I passed through there some time and did a study before making a uh, an unfortunate friendship. Ah. She's dead. You know, that happens. Mm. Mm. Y'all know a lot of dead people. You know, that ha- I've lived a long time. I know a lot of dead people. Especially humans. Thanks. That's Shad. Yeah, I know. Y'all just don't live long enough. Somebody should figure that out. You have to live forever, Mashika. We'll work on it, Narmer. Magic might be able to solve that. You know what? That is bad thinking. That leads you to doing bad things. That's how you turn yourself into an undead Narmer creature. Narmer gets sad when he thinks about me dying and him being alone forever. You know what, bud? You can be my friend. I'm, I live longer. Well, I figured I'd adopt Shage after that. And then uh, and when she has some kids, I'll just I'll just keep protecting the family forever. Well, I mean, should, Masika might have kids. She is married to that big hunk of a man. That's true, but they're, uh, they're not the same type. Yeah, I thought that was a problem. I don't know. Magic can solve stuff like that, maybe. <laughs> could adopt. You're like a fish and a cat? <laughs> you could adopt. You know, there's a lot of orphans in Wati. That's true. I could run an orphanage. Oh, not no. you. No. I'm talking to Masika. You can befriend them, but somebody needs to raise I'd them. I'd be a very caring benefactor. My lord. Narmer, <laughs> what kind of income do you make as a companion to Masika? She doesn't really pay me. So then how would you help raise anything? Actually, yeah, you don't even pay me. You <laughs> I, give, I give you infinite magical power. She did, bu- she did build your friend. Oh, oh, but I do have a heart of pure gold. Well, you can't He opens up his that. chest cavity where blue light comes shining out again. It's holding in the crystal that it contains my life force. I don't you want to see? You can't sell that, honey. It's don't touch it, I'll die. <laughs> Please close your little chest. Narmer! Oh no, I, it's full of sand. <laughs> Narmer, I keep telling you not to open your chest cavity. Also, you have magic items. That is an amazing magical creature you have. Yeah, I made him when I was seven. Sudi's face palming real hard. He, uh, Wait, you made him when you were seven years old? Yeah, she had help. She's like a little Iron Man over here. <laughs> She's quite the prodigy. Oh, you know what? Do you wish. Do you remember exactly where that is? Because if not, I do have a spell that I can prepare where we can look back at your memory and we oh. can then see what you see I, through your eyes I again. I told you it was a few miles away from the oasis that I grew up at. That's not an oasis mm. anymore. It's a big shandy place. That's not helpful. It's near the Falchion Ridge. I actually know where that is because I have geography. Well, just saying. Would you care to stay for tea? That I like sounds tea. Great. Tea sure. sounds good. I suppose uh, all of you settle in, have some tea. Squeeze into this tiny hut. Keeps, uh, looking over at Narmer, asking <laughs> little questions of him. Oh, God, how does that conversation go? So exactly what does this crystal do? I don't know, it shoots out light, mostly. <laughs> I sometimes open enough if I get a little afraid of the dark. I can see in the dark. But sometimes, you know, it gets really dark, and I start to contemplate the, the questions of existence. And so then I open up my little night night. It makes me happy again. I feel like Hollis shuffles over and also is with Kelru <laughs> discussing it quietly and thinking about what this little creature is. So off to the side, you see the elven wizard, the human wizard in Azaz, Kelru, and Narmer all in a little huddle with this chicken head kind of popping out of this bag, clucking every once in a while to interject her thoughts. And on a it. scorpion. And a scorpion, yeah. That also interjects his thoughts on it. 
weird with meanwhile, whatever noises scorpions make meanwhile the other three of us are just looking on going we don't understand any of this nope. mm. Citra mm. is just happily drinking her tea yep Sika's <laughs> doing doodles in the sand <laughs> what else do you do for entertainment out here well we, we draw in the sand a lot <laughs> we like to play a lot of Pictionary I was gonna say it's just like 15 games of tic-tac-toe across the entire <laughs> <laughs> Why does Citra always win? Stealth. <laughs> Stealth. Yeah. She, she sneaks over and changes the letters. <laughs> you rest up for the evening. Awaken the next day to find that the storm has passed. In almost all of your cases, it's, it's slow going at the beginning of the day because you're kind of digging yourself out of almost eight, nine inches of sand that's piled up around the edges of your tent, even here on the leeward side. On I the windward side... Hut. Yes, Tiny Hut. Your Tiny Hut expires in the sand, just kind of rolls in. Oh, gross. It's going to be sandy. Want me to do a divination spell? I would like to have one. Oh, can I roll on this dang level? Oh, yeah, sure. (laughs) I don't want it. Oh, that's a nine. You're going to have that negative level forever. I sidle up next to Masika. So, uh, you know divine magic. You got any abilities that reconstitute one's inner strength and vitality. She will when I'm done irradiating her. <laughs> Excellent. I will leave you to that. I'm going to go read a book. I will go back over and like study for 15 minutes. I like her. She's fun. Okay. I like the chicken, too. You can't talk to the chicken, can you? I want to learn chicken. I don't think that's a language <laughs> we can learn. Yeah. I was trying to shut up maybe a code thing with her. A, like what? Like one peck for yes, two pecks for no. Hmm. Sometimes when I try to pat her, she pecks me in the face. <laughs> she doesn't like that. Maybe you shouldn't pat her. But she's so fluffy. <laughs> she is it's, fluffy. It's but like no. an irresistible siren call. Yes, Can armor actually no. feel that? That's the next question. No. I only feel cold. Dang it. That is not true. And the blazing heat from my soul stone. Time for radiation. Is it just restoration you need? She needs a negative level removed, so it would be restoration. Okay, that's one of my life spirit spells that I can just cast, so... You still need the diamonds stuff and things, right? You want me to go rooting through Shooty's bag and see if he has some diamonds? Nope. No. Who carries the, the med kit in this party? Me. We're not telling you. <laughs> yeah, we definitely won't tell you. We're rooting through Citra's bag and shit. <laughs> uh, you can try, but uh, Citra is used Citra's to actually pockets. got good perception. <laughs> I can store wands inside of my chest. Citra's that... The, um, Citra keeps the wands in her wrist sheath. <laughs> diamond dust worth uh, 100 gold or 1,000 gold. Is this a temporary or permanent negative level? It's temporary. Then 100. Do, we have a, do you yeah. have 100 diamond dust in the med kit? We have 500 gold worth of diamond dust. Alrighty. So then, yes. So you have enough to dispel this temporary level. So that's one of my free spell slots. I don't actually have to memorize Yay. that. Because you're suffused with the power of life. And then, uh, and do we want me to cast a divination in the morning? Yeah, why not? For all we know, it has I mean, something it can't that hurt. Could, yeah, it might have something that could help guard the caravan in case we... It may have an extra wagon from to replace the wagon we just lost. I doubt that, but maybe it has some sort of like magical protection. You never know. Yes, this Bahir just picked up a wagon and brought it home. I don't know. It could have. <laughs> it needs something to put all its loot in. So it's, it's supposed got twelve arms. <laughs> but maybe it had a lot of camel corpses that it needed to put in there. I don't know. <laughs> put them in the wagon and then took the wagon back. Uh, yeah. So I'll cast a divination. 
Okay. So it would take about 10 minutes for you to uh, to settle down, sit with Narmer. Yeah, I mean, I don't really... Commune. I mean, she has a deity, but she gets her powers from Narmer, technically, in the spirit, so I don't... I imagine you probably still pray to your deity as a conduit for that, because uh, you pray to Toth. Mm-hmm. Toth. Yeah. So you, uh, you give up your prayers to Toth, scribe with the gods, pray. You know, little antennas pop out of the top of Narmer, and you point them in the direction of the heavens. <laughs> his marbles um, just... Uh, yeah, you, 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 you uh, point what? his little whiskers in the direction of the sky and, and fine-tune the radio. Dowsing around. <laughs> <laughs> I was going with, like, rabbit ears for TV perception. Ah. But anyway, your ninth level? Yes. Yeah, I think that is a first. Oh, uh, really? The spell fails. <gasps> what? Yeah, the gods aren't talking today, guys. Sorry. Uh-oh. What does that mean? That means I'm still down. Means the GM rolled 92. Oh. Uh, no. <laughs> no, I mean, your, div- your restoration's fine. Yeah, your fine. restoration works oh, fine. Okay. Yeah, the restoration works fine. The divination just fell. Somewhere. Oh, right. Boo. But I suppose you wake up in the morning, you pack up all of your gear, you set off. The caravan travels north and west for the majority of this day. Don't know if someone uh, in the party wants to be navigating with a... Uh, uh, you can either use a survival check, since you know where you're basically going, or a uh, knowledge geography. I mean, I have really good ranks in survival. Uh, I was going to say, I've only got a five in survival. Yeah, you can do survival. 14, so. I have good geography, but you can do survival. Let's let's go with whatever we've got the highest bonus in. I have a 19 in survival before so. I roll. I automatically aid. Okay. Uh, and Narmer has my rank, so I don't know if he can aid me. Technically, yes. Okay. So Narmer can aid me. I'm a master tracker. I'm going to study muskrolls. That means I get a 23 before I roll. Good lord. Do you want to take 10 or would you like to roll? That's your one. 13 for a, tw- a 36. Okay. Not a natural one. Yay. So you set off. You make your way north and west, traveling for pretty much the entirety of the day, which gets you about 12 miles. Because again, you're part of a caravan and it's very slow. Yep. Sometimes. You don't know what the hunting range of Bahir is, although as large of a creature as that is, it's probably pretty large. I imagine it's also pretty speedy because of all the legs and such. Yep. Uh, After almost this entire day of travel, you reach the Badlands. Hmm. It's basically like the earth here just splintered and cracked. Kind of is almost as if you were seeing it from the perspective from the sky. It would almost look like the dried out riverbed where the, the mud itself just dries and then cracks into the spiraling designs outwards of just gaps between the stone. And this is something akin to that, where you can see that at some points, they don't ever reach something approaching cliffs, although you do see a number of raised up mesas uh, stretching up just these flat-topped hills, some of them stretching up probably the better part of 100, 200 feet. Beyond that, you can see that there are a number of spires of rock which stretch up into the sky. From here, you can see that at very least, maybe three. There's one smaller one further to the north. This area probably stretches out as you begin to approach it for maybe 30, 40 miles ahead of you. Just this spiraling maze of canyons and sharp rock cliffs. Kind of like Mesa Verde. As you begin to approach, the sun is beginning to, uh, to reach the far horizon. Falto calls for a halt, waves all of you forward, as I imagine you pull up your wagon alongside his. It's going to be hard going for the wagons in there. Should we skirt around it, then? Don't we need to go in there? Hmm. I mean, we may have to go on foot from here. Yes, but what are we going to do with all of the wagons? We can can circle them here, find some place that's going to be safe, secure. 
and then let us go, since Ted sort of knows us, well, most of us. We shouldn't bring everybody anyway. We could also send scouts out into the surrounding area. She's very territorial. Yeah, I don't think I'd do that. She usually doesn't attack people, but she doesn't like people entering her territory. Well, if we draw our attention, we could let her know that all of you are looking for. I don't know if she's the ask questions first type. She usually doesn't attack unless you threaten. Um, I mean, my tribes talk to her on occasion. Could we send her a message? Anybody got... I don't have message prepared. Uh, The scouts may be the better way to go, as long as they don't freak out if she shows up. Well, I mean, I think we should at least be part of that then. I mean, I think smaller groups would be okay, but the caravan in four is probably not a good idea. No. Well, then I say we leave the caravan here, we head inside, talk to Tatisara, and then we can come back out. Mm-hmm. That seems like the prudent thing to do. Yeah. And if you find anything that you need help with in there, then we can uh, leave the wagons here and then start up a caravan trail making its way in, leave a skeleton crew here to guard the uh, the wagons and take the camels in to bring any supplies that we need. Why exactly were y'all wanting to talk to Tedesura? Unfinished business. Pretty much. I don't really know either. Okay. Also shrugs. I figured I'll mark our pathway as we go in just in case. Uh, how long should we wait? How long is it away? The foothills is actually <clears throat> kind of big. I don't know how long this is going to take us. From uh, anyone that wants to make me an old geography, man. 32. Oh, nope. I'm down one. 31. Nice. No, you're not down you're one. Not down oh, I'm not down one. Ha ha. 32. Nice. I was going to say, you got magicked. Oh, magic. From one side of this area to the other, Hollis would estimate that it would probably, if you were just walking, it would probably take you five days to walk across it. And that's if you're walking in a straight line to get to the other side of it. Wow. Exploring's going to be a little bit more difficult. That being said, you know that she was a winged creature. So it would probably be one of these hills, these mesas. She probably wouldn't have established anything in any of these valleys. I don't remember. Did she give us... Because she said if we ever came here to come talk to her again, right? Did she give us any like specific indications on where to go? No. no. Um, not really. Because Onuris would have known where to go. <laughs> well, it was dumb to put all the eggs in one basket. <laughs> <laughs> Either that or she would probably assume that she would find you if you came here. But she may still very well find you. That's true. I say we don't give it any more than two days, to be honest. Oh, wow. There's no way we're going to find it. Uh -uh. What I was going to say is that minimum, if you're just going to try to thoroughly explore this place, it would take you a minimum of about two weeks. All right. Let's instead make camp and let's have a fire with smoke and let's see if she comes to find us. Okay. Yeah. So we'll camp here and then, uh, I mean, can you get a message back to us if uh, it's going to take more than a couple days? No, I think the implication is we're staying here, doing just going to do the smoke and whatnot, and then, like... Oh, okay. Just because for, it's nighttime. Yeah. Yeah, just for the evening, but... Yeah. And then we'll see if she, she shows up. Okay. But I don't have sending, so I cannot do that, actually. I mean, yeah, because unfortunately, we actually do have those, uh... Uh, where'd they go? The Whispering Winds thing, but I don't know where she's at. Yeah, sending you, so. is a shaman spell. But I have to be familiar with the creature, so I don't know Tedesura, so I can't send it to her. Yeah, that's probably... I could send one back to Falto and them to say, hey, we're still looking. Mm. But, I mean, if we're going to go out to look for her, we've got to tell them a minimum week, week and a half. Probably, yeah. yeah. Well, let's just start with sleeping the night. Well, staying here the night. Okay. So, you all settle down. Regardless, you're going to have to settle down because you're not going to set off into this place at night. Yeah. Uh, So, you settle down for the evening. Put together a, uh, a good-sized fire. 
Send smoke up into the sky. Wait patiently. <laughs> the evening passes uneventfully. The following morning, I imagine you wake up, prepare your spells. Slightly disappointed. Slightly disappointed. I don't know how much extra time we can devote to this, though. You all are looking for a crypt or a tomb that's been lost in the desert. You're probably going to be out here for months anyway. I estimated about three. No, but I would rather be looking for the crypt instead of looking for Tedesura. I don't know if she's top of our priority. Tedesura knows everything about this area. Weren't we also seeing her to ask her some questions about what's been going on out here? She might be able to give us some hints as to what uh, we can possibly face in these areas as well. So it's more information gathering than anything. And potential support, if she is an ally. Also that. Well, I mean, it's going to take a week to get back to uh, where the Bakken are if we're going to try to make our way all the way out to the Oasis. I don't know if that would even help us right now. I think we have to go to the Salt Flats or whatever to look at that um, workshop. The place where all yeah. the people are petrified? I guess. Near it. Mm. Yeah. There's the bee people as well. People. They, would, they would be your closest, which would be probably about a four-day trek across the Badlands here to reach them. Well, and didn't Tedesura also maybe know something about Sudi's people still being alive or something? Possibly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because she didn't mention it the last time, like when we, when I we first met her, so it could have been a, oh, you're out here, now I can tell you about your people. I think we can look. I just don't know how long we want to look. Well, why don't you just update us if something changes, and we can update you if something changes. The cultists have been out here for over five years, and they still haven't found it. Well, they have more information than they had before. Mm-hmm. I'm not really sure the information they get they garnered in Tefu is going to help them. It's true. We, we got the final information we got the, Yes, we got the final well, piece that they don't have. I'm aware of that, but they could also be scrying. They could also be doing other magical means, and we also don't know what information they had to begin with. Mm, true. So I'm just being cautious. I'm not saying not to go look for her. I think her information could be valuable, but you said it would take two weeks just to walk straight line. No, no, five days. But if you're looking, oh, it's going to take a couple weeks. The problem is, in a day, day and a half, you're not going to find anything. Unless she happens to be right here. Yeah. Just worried about time. You sound like someone I remember. It's not always a bad thing. Volto mm. lays, you know, a hand on Citra's shoulder. It's archaeology. Mm-hmm. It's, it's you're going to be out here a long time. If you're constantly worried about time, you're never going to find anything. That's true. You don't know where this person that you're looking for is. No. So as a Pathfinder, usually you want... I know that you're not a Pathfinder. But as a Pathfinder, usually you want a target that you're shooting for. Is there anything else here that you do know is here? The bee people. No, they're north of the foothills. Uh, the big uh, bird, right? There's a big bird. Then we also don't know where that is. <laughs> I don't think we, you guys know where anything is. Yeah, nothing's known. You know where the bee people are. And you have to cross the foothills to get there. So you could just head over that way and then see if they know anything about her. And maybe you'll stumble across her on the way. That's, so, that's usually how it works for Pathfinders. Out of character, though, does this not put Falto's entire thing, like, behind schedule, though? Seems just kind of rude. Well, yeah, but he was volunteering to help you all with this. I mean, again, he basically was going to come over here, help you with this, and then follow you, and then once you reach the merchant oasis, he may or may not be going further north. You don't know yet. Okay. I just didn't want to screw Falto over. I mean, we did kind of hijack his caravan. Ah, he's loving it. And like I said, we can scout the surrounding area, and if we find... Tedesura, then we'll let you know. All right. I cast the invisibility. 
And mage armor. Okay. The same invisibility won't last for an hour and a half, but... Well, you made me paranoid when I thought about somebody <laughs> scrying, so now I'm going to look around and see if anybody's scrying on us. How about this? While you are out there, Masika, you said that you could contact people? Yeah. Yeah, so just touch base every day. And every day? Well, I can't contact you back unless you use the spell on me. Yeah, but that, that's a pretty powerful spell to be doing every day. What other choice do we have? Okay, do you want me to blow stuff up, or do you want me to talk to Falto every day? Both. Both is good. Um, we I could, could carry messages back and forth. I fly really fast. We could use those Whisper and Wind scrolls, if we still have them, to contact the caravan. We know where that is. Yes, if you're going to be in a very specific spot, then I can. we have two of those we could use. That's only going to do this through two days, though, right? Still two days where we save good spells, and if we're lucky and we meet Tedesura in that time, then mm. it works out. Yeah, right. Sending's a fourth-level spell, so... Uh, it's either that or... Uh, how about this? Go in there, contact us in three days, and tell us whether or not you need more time. Okay. But still, uh, at, at sunset, be at your tent, and I will use the Whispering Winds if there's an emergency. Okay. If it's, like, before the three days. All right. And if you don't get a response from the... Actually, no, you don't you get a response. Yeah. yeah. Okay. If you contact us in three days, if we need to move on, I'll let, I'll let you know in the response. All right. Okay. Plan made. Well, let's head in. Mm-hmm. Off we go. All right. So you have two choices right now. You can either head north into the Badlands or northwest into the Badlands. Probably just north. From where we are, was Tedesura supposed to be northwest or north? Because I know that we changed. She's her. somewhere just, in the Badlands. Oh, she's somewhere in great. here. Um, yeah. Toward the bees. Towards the bees. Towards the bees. Okay. Yeah, they're just north of the foothills. All right. Slash Badlands. I'm a little concerned about them bees. Why? Oh, just because Sudi's never met them. Sudi? And he's a boy. <laughs> You're a little, a little paranoid. That paranoia actually would have paid off fairly well in uh, Tefu, so. Eh. We, we were paranoid in Tefu. <laughs> should have been more we paranoid. We should have been more paranoid and circumspect in what we were doing, but we didn't do a good job at that. Yeah, oh well. You yeah. live and you learn. Yeah, pretty much. If you live, you learn. Yeah, we're all still alive as human Are beings. Are we? You're alive. <laughs> we, the players. So I suppose all of you set off, make your way north. Yeah, go ahead and give me a perception roll from the party. Oh no. Is this site-based? Yes. Dang it. Can Narmer make a perception roll? If you have him outside of the bag, yeah. Yeah. I made an 18, and I got an 18. Okay. 25 for Sudi. I only got a 21. All right. Masika rolls a 2 and gets a 9, but Narmer rolls a 17 and gets a 23. Go, Narmer. So you spend the next three days traveling north, kind of exploring some, navigating your way, sometimes having to backtrack or go back and forth. There are some advantages to this place. Actually, allow me to rephrase that. There are some advantages to all of your skill sets in this place. With Sudi and the group, it is rather easy for him to scale hopping up along these sort of broken rocks using his years of climbing up the side of buildings to just kind of work much the same and getting up to the top of some of these valleys. Oftentimes meeting Narmer when he gets up there, as for some reason this mechanical 20-pound thing of metal can fly with all the grace and speed of a falcon. Uh, it's just not fair, man. I saw you climbing up there, Shooty. It's real nice to see you up here. We can talk about secret things. 
That sounds super creepy when you put it like that. I like your eye patch. How about we talk about what you saw up here? I saw you climbing. You mean you didn't go look and see everything else that was up here? There's a rock. It's kind of shaped like a turtle. <laughs> Actually, really, most rocks are shaped like turtles. You know you're not wrong out there. It's true. I think we should start a rock collection. That sounds heavy. I just make Mashika carry everything. <laughs> She's my mount. That's why I got a saddlebag. I told her it was a backpack, but it's really a saddlebag. <laughs> <laughs> it's comfortable. Uh, anyway, you spend the next couple of days uh, traveling, exploring. With uh, Between that, the teleportation and flying abilities of your wizard, the assorted skills of the rest of your compatriots. Citra, I think, can climb pretty well herself. No. Uh, oh, wait, no, that's right. You're just acrobatic. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and fortunately, traveling in here isn't quite as... it's. You're protected from the wind, which gives you the advantage as far as the biting sands are concerned. Although this is still an area that is just kind of this jumble of twisting valleys, jagged rubbles, drifts of loose sands with hills here, which are higher uh, and the climbs more strenuous as you make your way navigating through this place. It's later on in the day, the third day that you're exploring. You're beginning to make your way. You hope at this point that you're you know, more than maybe about half of your way towards where these be people this three rays should be when Sudi is you're standing on top of one of these ridges watching your compatriots as they navigate the valley below keeping an eye out so far all of you haven't had to deal with anything much more dangerous than like a giant scorpion and by that I mean a dog-sized scorpion which is scary but super manageable for our, our skill set too, yeah too low level of a challenge rating to garner you any experience points and so I'm not going to worry about that encounter ahead you can see you've kind of made your way steadily further north and there's a large spire, a high finger of rock which juts out of the Badlands its sides scoured smooth from the winds and sand. You've seen it for a couple of days, you've kind of watched it, but now as the sun begins to set, you can see that there's something on top of it. The spire stretches up well over 300 feet in height, and it is extraordinarily, it's incongruous, but you narrow your eye, you stare up towards it. The sun kind of frames behind it and paints it in these brilliant shades of gold and red. And perched there, atop the spire, 350 more feet in the air, is a river galley. What? Hmm. Like a wrecked ship a child left sitting high up on a shelf. Weird. It perches, not seemingly precariously, but almost as if impelled into the rock itself. <laughs> And as you watch it, for a moment, the sky goes dark. A vast shadow spreads past as you can uh -oh. see this wide arching avian form circle once, twice around the spire before beating its wide wings and perching atop the galley high overhead. The massive avian seems to preen for a second. Even from this range, it's clearly almost as large as the galley that it lands on. <laughs> All of you below can hear a deafening screech come from somewhere in the distance, like the cry of a falcon grown to enormous size. It's Marahute. <laughs> and Sudi, as you look up towards it, We'll pick it up here next time. It's Marahute. It's da, on da, her. Da, da. It's on her. It's on her. It's on her. As soon as she's a Marahute now, all I can see is Marahute. Is it on her who can channel out to a range of 300 feet? <laughs> Find the Path Ventures is an officially licensed partner of Paizo Incorporated. 
Mommy's Mask is copyright 2014. Mommy's Mask and the Pathfinder Adventure Path are trademarks of Paizo. All Pathfinder images are property of Paizo and are used with permission.